Hallelujah. 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 Oh, is there anything too hard for our God? Is there anything too hard for our God? There's nothing too hard for him. Oh, don't get in anyone's space or make them uncomfortable, but you ought to pray with that family member that you came with right now. Bind together right now. I'm telling you, I feel just such a great, great pull in prayer right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, just begin to seek after it. Oh, there's a liberty here. There's a breakthrough here. You need a miracle. You need a touch in your body, a touch in your finances. You ought to just stretch your faith. Come on, put your trust in the Lord right now. Don't put your trust in me. Don't put your trust in, in the bank. Put your trust in the Lord. God knows what you need. God knows what you're going through. Oh, he's the provider. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you begin to thank the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Really mean it. I thank you, Jesus, for hearing me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated. Let's just keep a spirit of prayer throughout. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Of course, we are adjusting to services in a smaller space. And uh, with the worry and the concern and caution of COVID and all of that, please just be mindful. We want to make sure, uh, you know, first of all, I'm thankful we've got church folks that have been very uh, considerate and saying, I've got allergy stuff going on, but I'm sniffling a lot and, and just trying to make sure people aren't, uh, you know, bringing anything to the church house and, uh, you know, uh, bring your needs, but don't bring your cooties. Don't, <laughs> don't. We want to make sure that we are making uh, everything as comfortable as possible for uh, people in attendance. And, of course, I'm a little younger, and so I'm not as concerned about certain health things as maybe perhaps someone that's a little bit older might be. So we want to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to, to uh, make sure all of our guests and all of our members feel comfortable in the house of the Lord. So uh, do whatever you got to do. Wear a mask, sanitize, spray and pray. And uh, we... I think Brother Ross and Brother Kurt will have us a screen in the lobby, hopefully within the next week. I don't know if you knew you got recruited. You're recruited. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll have a screen going in the lobby uh, uh, for, you know, in case things do get a little tight. I know on Sundays it's getting packed out in here. So if you need to slip out in the, listen, I believe you can uh, Holy Ghost uh, scoot out in the lobby if you need to. Just do whatever you got to do, and we're all just working together here. I'm going to preach the word, and I'm just warning you, I'm about to preach very strong. I'm about to preach very strong, and I'm not here to, uh, I'm not here to make anyone feel uncomfortable. I'm not here to uh, make anyone feel condemned. Uh, I'm here to preach to a revival church and to make sure that we stay in revival. So I'm going to read several passages of Scripture. Uh, no need to turn for, uh, to it. It should be on the screens for you. But I'm going to read Genesis chapter 6, verse 8. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1. And then I'm going to read Genesis chapter 9, verse 20 through 29. Genesis 9, 20 through 29. Brother Ross, I hope you're getting a recording of this since we're not live streaming it. Because we're going to make sure everybody gets to, to hear the hard messages. <laughs> Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, it says, But Noah 
found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And verse 1 of chapter 7 says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. I'm not going to read it, but Second Peter chapter 2 calls him a preacher of righteousness. And then this uh, lengthier passage of Scripture, Genesis chapter 9, verse 20. And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw, listen to this please, the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from the wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him and said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And uh, it goes on from there. It says, And Noah lived after the flood 350 years, and all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. That's a long life, huh? Wow. I want to, uh, tonight I'm going to, it's going to take us a little bit of time to actually get back to this text, but uh, I want to talk to you about this compromising situation that Noah found himself in. Tonight I'm preaching about the nakedness of Noah, the nakedness of Noah, and I want us to pray right now. I'm going to take a little bit of time here, and I'm going to talk pretty strong and pretty plain here tonight, and I just want us to make sure our hearts and minds are open to everything the Lord is wanting to do. Could we just pray right now, Lord, I pray that you would touch me. Lord, help everything that I'm going to say to be done in love and in a good heart and good spirit. I pray that you would touch this church I thank you for such a strong church, a growing church, a a church that wants revival, that loves one another. I pray that your spirit would be poured out in this place tonight. Let an anointing come down that would break any kind of yoke or stronghold that's trying to form. I pray that you would bless this church, that you would increase our members. God, that you would do something special in our midst here this evening. Hallelujah. Just let your voice out for a moment. Oh God, help us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is, as I was saying, as I was even praying, this is a growing church. This is a loving church. And this is a revival church. Uh, this church is passionate. It's excited. That's one of my favorite things. Without any prompting, just about any time we have a guest evangelist come through, they I almost almost verbatim they talk about, man, this it's just exciting what's happening here in this church, and there is something special that God is doing in this church and in this city. There's something special that's happening here. You aren't here by accident. You are a part of what God is doing in the city of Dunellen. We have dominion here. There is an authority that we have stepped into the last little while, and there is something that would stop us from growing. One of the quickest ways to destroy a church is by members 
wounding each other with their words. One of the quickest and deadliest ways for a church to stop having revival, it's a little word called gossip. It's a deadly word called gossip. The dictionary defines gossip as idle talk about the personal or private affairs of others. I'm going to say that again. The dictionary sounded pretty good right there. (laughs) Got it right down pat. Idle talk about the personal or private affairs of others. A few of the words connected with that horrendous word gossip are rumors, chatter, babble, defamation. And there's lots of terms to describe a gossiper. Chatterbox, blabbermouth, busybody, snoop, and meddler. These are some very dangerous terms, and I'm not here to point out a certain member because, honestly, this is a message for the church worldwide. Gossip is a killer. Gossip is a revival derailer, and gossip has no part in the church of the Lord God Almighty. Gossip, rumors, None of that has a place in Souls Harbor of Dunellen or the Apostolic Church worldwide. Can I get an amen? In the Bible, the most common word used to describe gossip or a gossiper would be a tailbearer. Repeat after me, say tailbearer. And look at how it's described in the Bible. Proverbs 26, verse 17. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife, belonging not to him, is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. As a madman who casteth firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, Am I not in sport? Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals, and wood is to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Gossip is deadly. Gossip is poisonous. Gossip kills revival. Whether you want to call it meddling, gossip, tailbearing, It is not something to be taken lightly. In fact, it is so vile that the Lord included it in the law. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 16. The people of God were commanded, You shall not go about as a tail bearer among your people. 
nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. God's people were commanded, do not be a talebearer. Do not get involved in the affairs of others. Do not get involved with rumors. Do not get involved in talking against your neighbor. Do not get involved in mixing it up in business that is not your own. Not only are you not supposed to be a gossip, you are commanded not to associate with gossips. Proverbs 20 verse 19 says, He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. We are warned to stay away from those that have a way of flattering with their tongues. They have a way of deceiving with their words. They have a way of interesting you with the affairs of others. Business that does not belong to me should not be in my hearing. Gossip is not something to take lightly. A talebearer is a dangerous and detrimental affair to undertake, something too that we should not get involved with. If we want a healthy church, if we want a revival church, if you want to be a healthy Christian, if you want a healthy ministry, then we've got to learn how to make sure that there is no gossip, that there's no slander, that there's no defamation of character amongst the brethren. I want us to pray right now. I'm going to ask you to lift your own voice. God, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me to not get involved in the affairs of others. Help me, Lord, not to get caught up in the, the business of others. Help me, Lord, not to get caught up in the junk of others. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. We need to hear a word of caution tonight. Oh, we must be there for one another. We must encourage one another. We must protect one another. Oh, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, God, help this church. Protect this church, Lord. In the name of Jesus, if we want to stay in revival... If we want a healthy church, then there are no rooms for gossips. There is no room for talebearers. There is no room for uh, contention to be talked about and for strife to be shared amongst the church. And I'll just be real. If you've lived very long and you've attended a couple of churches, you'll know that there's some churches that they major in gossip. Not healthy churches, not revival churches, not godly churches, but unfortunately there's a few out there. And I'm not trying to bash her. I'm not trying to call anybody out. I'm just saying I want to protect the health and the revival of this church. We want to make sure that we protect the health and the revival of this church. The responsibility of this church is upon each and every member's shoulders. 
It's scary to study what a talebearer is defined by the Bible. I'm going to give you two words that's used in the scripture. One of it, which is uh, near gone. 5372, they might put it up on the screen for you. But this, this old Hebrew word, it's one who slanders. It's a whisperer. That's where they get this term talebearer from. The root word, hear this, the root word means to roll into pieces. That's what a gossiper does. They take the life of someone else and they begin to roll it into pieces. They begin to meddle with the affairs of things that are not their own. The other term is rachel, and this term is someone who is a scandal monger, a scandal monger. This is someone who carries tales, who carries stories, and the idea of this word comes from someone who travels for trading, someone who trades for a living, and as a gossip monger or a scandal monger, somebody who is a talebearer is someone who gets their value by exchanging the value of others, taking the stories of others, taking the downfalls of others, taking the hurts, the mistakes, the wounds of others, and trading them about, gaining value from others. You can see it. Each and every one of us has experienced it. Whether we were the gossiper or we were the gossipy, where suddenly somebody begins to share a story and you can feel them getting a rise out of the story. They get some kind of value, some kind of messed up rise out of discussing others' people's lives and their mistakes and their problems. That's what a tale bearer is, taking the life, the failures, the futures of others into their own hands and rolling it and concocting it and taking the truth and the half-truths and beginning to manipulate those and share those and distorting details and taking that. And we need to recognize that that is a dangerous hobby to get involved with. I'm talking to some folks right now, you, you were a part of a culture like that, a church culture where people talked about people and they backbit and they, they were a part of all kinds of people's business that they weren't a part, and that's why there was no revival. But we have revival here because we love one another, we build one another, we protect one another, we believe in one another. The Lord hates gossip. The Lord hates tail-bearing. Proverbs 6, 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Maybe it's not hands, but it's words that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth 
discord among the brethren. How many of the seven are tied up with tailbearing right there? How many of the seven that God says he hates are tied up with somebody who's a busybody and tied up with a gossiper? God says, I hate that. Psalm 101 verse 5 says, whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. Somebody that's proud and haughty and uh, never made a mistake in their life. Yeah, right. We're all a bunch of humans. And just like somebody else might need mercy right now, honey, one day you're going to need yourself some mercy. And my Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. God hates gossip. God hates slander. God hates tailbearing. And if you want to get on God's bad list, start talking about one of his kids. Start talking about one of his children. Yeah, they might have made a mistake. Yeah, they might be at fault. But that does not give you right to be judge, jury, and executioner. You better get your mouth off of the people of God. You better keep your hands off of the people of God. Lift your voice right now and pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I rebuke any kind of gossip. Come on, you ought to lift your voice right now. You ought to get mad at the devil right now. You ought to get angry with the devil right now. Trying to cause division. Trying to bring about something that would ruin someone's future. No! No, get angry at the devil. No, no, no. No, Lord. No, 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 not in this church. No, not in an apostolic church. Come on, go ahead. Oh. Oh, God said, I won't endure. I won't put up with the haughty tailbearer. I won't put up with the person that's gossiping. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 22, it lists all kinds of filthy sins and abominations, things that are about to invoke the wrath of God. And in verse 9, one of the lists is this, And thee are men that carry tales to shed blood. Carrying tales to shed blood. Taking stories to assassinate someone's character. Taking someone's failure and using it to completely mess up any chance of them succeeding once again. You are guilty. You have blood on your hands. I have blood on my hands. If I get in the gossip mill, if I get mixed up in other people's affairs, I have blood on my hands. And the Bible says in Ezekiel 22, verses 20, 21, and in 22, because of these sins, the Lord says, I have gathered you in my anger and in my fury. I will leave you there and I will melt you. You want to invoke, you want the wrath of God to come upon you? We want the wrath of God to come upon this church. Everybody start talking about each other. Be a busybody. Get in other people's affairs. But if we want mercy, if we want blessings, we need a church that's rich in mercy. This is a merciful church. This is a forgiving church. This is a kind church. 
We want the fury of God. Go ahead and gossip. Slander your sister. Glory in the faults of your brothers. But be warned, God hates it. God will reward that person for those affairs that they were involved with. We are not in the business. We are not in the business. If you are a part of this church, you are not in the business of other people's business. You have no license. You do not have my permission. You do not have my my blessing to meddle in the affairs of other people. We are not in the business of other people's business. Doesn't matter if the story is true. Doesn't matter if it's half a truth. Doesn't matter what it is. I will not hurt the character of someone else. I will not derail the revival of my church. A church that is gossiping cannot grow. First Timothy chapter 5, the apostle Paul warns the widows. He says this in verse 12. They have cast off their first faith. You've cast off restraint. You've cast off your first faith. How have they set aside or tossed aside their faith? He says this in verse 13. By being idle, wandering about from house to house, not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies speaking things which they ought not The Apostle Paul laid it out straight, and I'm laying it out straight tonight as well. We are not busybodies. We are not tattlers. We are not involved in the affairs of others. How do you cast off your faith? He said you've laid aside your faith by getting involved with gossip. Don't lay aside your your faith, church. Souls Harbor, don't lay aside your faith. Don't lay aside revival just over a story. What do we do when we gossip? We're casting off our faith. We are laying aside our relationship with God and the health of the church when we gossip. Busybody, it says in 1 Timothy 5. Tattlers also and busybodies, it says. This word shakes me to my core. As you look at it in Scripture, the the translation it comes from is a word, periergos. Periergos, and I only find it twice in Scripture. Please hear this. Twice in Scripture. One is 1 Timothy 5 that I just gave to you. The second is in Acts chapter 19. It speaks of being meddlesome. But look at this in Acts chapter 19, verse 19. It's speaking in reference to those that have been converted and filled with the Holy Ghost. And the word Busybody periergos, it's the same word in Acts 19, 19 that you're staring at right now that they use for curious arts. The same word used as a busybody, they translate as curious arts. We mean we need to be careful when we start gossiping. We are diving into something that is spiritual. Curious arts, that's something that you meddle with. It's something that you concoct. These were the books that were used for witchcraft, and that is something that a gossip does. They concoct. They conjure. They begin to mix together. Store. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. You better hear me. 
You need to hear me, church. Just like rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, let me tell you, gossip is as the sin of witchcraft. Curious arts, peri ergos, you you begin to meddle into something. That's why there's a spirit connected to it. It it kills the spirit of revival. It kills the spirit of unity. In church, we need to protect our unity more than anything else. Be careful when you start hearing the words of a gossip. That's a curious art. That's something that begins to change your mind and change your spirit towards a brother or a sister in the church. And my Bible says that they burn the curious arts that night. We need to burn gossip. We need to burn slander. We need to burn scandal. You ain't coming to me for gossip. That should be your, that should be your, you ain't coming to me for gossip. I ain't going to be your outlet to talk about someone. You can end it with bless their little heart if you want to, but I know what you're doing. I hear what you're doing, and the Lord sees what you're doing. You're killing your brother. Curious arts, these books used in witchcraft, meddling, gossiping, working, conjuring. That's what gossip is. And I'm warning the church tonight, don't partake in that. There will come a point at some point that someone will come to you with business that is not their own and the wrong spirit. And you need to be prayed up in the Holy Ghost enough where your spiritual alarm is going, err. When they're trying to protect themselves and make themselves look good at the expense of someone, there's a problem there. There's a spirit there, and that is something that must be dealt with. That is why we are instructed in James chapter 4, speak not evil one another. Don't speak bad about each other. We can't talk bad about each other, whether they're in your presence, but much more so in their absence. If we're talking about someone else in the church, it should be to their edification. It should be to their salvation. Not to rip them up, not to chew them up and spit them out, but to save their soul. Speak not evil one another. Don't speak bad about your brother or your sister. We want the best for each other. I want the best for you. I hope you want the best for me. We, have, we want the best for each other. Why don't you look at your spouse or your friend or someone next to you and just say, I want the best for you. Tell them, say, I want the best for you. I want the best for you. I want the best for you. I want what's best for you. That's why we are, we are instructed. Look at what it says in Proverbs 17, 9. He that covereth. A transgression seeketh love. But he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. He that goes about as a busybody, he's breaking up friendships. He's tearing apart. Separateth means like out of joint. We are the body of Christ. And whenever somebody comes with gossip, they are trying to rip out of socket someone in the body of Christ. We have to protect the body, brothers and sisters. We have to cover. We have to help. We have to protect. We have to nurture. Yeah. Yeah. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. You want to be about love? 
You want to be about salvation and restoration? We cover situations. That's what Proverbs eleven thirteen says. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Conceal it. We're not talking about something ungodly. We're not talking about helping someone get away with sin. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about preserving their future. We're talking about saving their soul. And they're not going to be able to be restored. I wouldn't be able to be restored. You wouldn't be able to be restored if somebody aired all your dirty laundry. We are in the covering business. It got a little tight in here right now. You feel that spiritually? Got a little tight because somebody's dealing with that spirit right now. You need to cast that off of you. That's not going to be found in this church. That's not welcome in this church. That's not welcome in this church. That's not welcome in this church. We don't talk about folks. We don't tear each other down. We build. We encourage. We edify. We strengthen. Tailbearer rolling into pieces. But here comes somebody that loves their church and believes in their brethren. And they cover, it says, the, the matter. They cover the matter. No, you're going to get your hands off of them. Come here, Brother Trace. No, you can't. You can't get to him without coming to me. No, you can't talk about him. Somebody tries to bring gossip to you. You need to shut that down right away. You, you have my permission to take a strong stance about that. You ain't got to listen to 15 minutes to, to, while somebody badmouths someone in the church. You ain't got to do that. Say, no, I'm not going to listen to that. You got a problem, go talk to pastor. That'll shut it down right there. That'll shut it down right there. Those that have a real issue, they'll come talk to me. Those that don't, they'll just keep talking because they just want to gossip. But you got to cut down that source. Cut it away. That's my brother. You're not going to roll him into pieces. You're not going to destroy his character and assassinate his future. You're not going to do that to Souls Harbor. You're not going to do that to my church. Because every single one of us, hear me, you're going to make mistakes. I'm going to have bad days. I'm going to need some mercy. You're going to need some mercy. And so we've got to be there to protect. Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to get you back up here in a second. That's what was happening in Genesis chapter 9. This is disgusting. Keep it, in, keep it in context. Keep it in mind. This is the nakedness of Noah. But we know who Noah is. He's a great man of God. The Bible says he's a preacher of righteousness. Noah, who is a builder and the preserver of humanity. Noah, who was faithful and was in covenant with God. When no one else was, Noah was in communion with the Lord. When, Noah, when no one else was doing right, Noah was out there building and doing what was right. But he has a bad day, and he does something so foolish, just like a lot of us have done from time to time, making a mistake, blundering something. Doing something foolish. And here he is. He starts drinking and in his drunken stupor. He strips off his clothing and he opens himself up to shame and ridicule. Here he is, the nakedness of Noah revealed. Here he is, all of him to be revealed and seen and laughed at. Here comes Ham. And he sees the situation. This is the man of God. This is Noah. This is my dad. Ham, you wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Noah. You'd be dead right now if it wasn't for Noah. 
And he looks there at Noah and he snickers. Look at dad drunk. Look at dad naked. I got him now. Oh, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Preacher Man, I've got him now. And the Bible says he goes without. He steps outside the tent and in the hearing of his brethren. <laughs> you should see what Noah's doing right now. What a fool he is. How ignorant he is. He's naked right now. Can you believe it? He's completely naked. I can't believe it. You should have heard. You should have seen. If only you knew. Ham. I don't know if he's trying to just make sport. I don't know if he's trying to elevate himself by throwing someone else down. But here he is mocking, ridiculing, making fun of Noah. Yeah, he's made a mistake. Yeah, he's absolutely wrong. Yes, he should have his sin dealt with, but he also is still a man of God. He's still chosen by God. He still has a future, and he needs some mercy. We're in the mercy business, church. We're in the covering business, church. That's what we're about. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Ham starts mocking and ridiculing. Come here, Brother Trace, and he's laughing, and he sees Noah there. And, and rather than gently and correctly dealing with the situation, What's he do? He leaves this private situation, and he steps without. And on the outside, he starts, starts yelling it to Shem and Japheth. And whoever else heard Noah's naked. Noah's at fault. Oh, I knew he was a goody two-shoe. Oh, I knew he couldn't be that good. And he begins to mock, and he begins to make sport and light, but not Shem and Japheth. Here comes the other two boys. The other two sons, they begin to step up. Brother Cortland, help me out here. <sighs> sit, sit, sit. Yes, yeah, just stay standing there. That's good. Here comes Shem and Japheth. The Bible says they take the jacket. They take a coat. And because there is nakedness, because there is a wrong, because there is a real situation that needs to be dealt with, here comes Shem and Japheth. Handling it in a godly manner. The Bible says they, they take that jacket. Hold it like this for me, brother. Just like that. And the Bible says they walk in backwards into that tent. They, they, I, know, I know that Noah is wrong. I know he's done something completely foolish. God's going to deal with him. But I'm going to cover him. That's what we need in the church. We need people who will minister mercy and that will help bring an end to ungodly situations. Ham's outside laughing. Ham's outside mocking. Ham's outside causing division. But Shem and Japheth, they walk up in the situation and the Bible says their face is backwards. They're not looking at the situation. They're not trying to get a thrill. They're not trying to chuckle. They're not trying to make sport. They're trying to bring an end into the nakedness of Noah and there there in that tent they covered up the nakedness of Noah go ahead you can sit down they put an end to this ungodly situation they covered up the ungodly situation they didn't make sport they didn't make light they covered it they covered it the question is, what will we do with the nakedness of Noah? Will we be a ham or will we be a shem? Because there will be a time when we're on our spiritual high horse. 
and suddenly information will be made available to me and suddenly I'll know all about the dirty little secrets and I'll know about the situation that's going on. Am I going to be a ham and run throughout the church and telling people all kinds of situations under the guise of pray for them? Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. Just this little deceptive thread trying to be interwoven into your faith. And, we, you know, we really need to pray for Brother Noah because he was naked in the tent. So we want to pray for him. I, I don't know all the details, but it must have been really, really bad. What do we do with the nakedness of Noah? Do we laugh? Do we mock? Do we spread? Do we step outside of the situation and do we spread it? Or do we do as Shem and Japheth did and with a holy reverence do our best to cover and to restore the one that has made some mistakes? Yeah, Noah is wrong. Yeah, Noah is naked. Yeah, he's done some foolish things, but he's still anointed. He's still one of God's chosen people. He still has a future. And if we can cover this, we can help him be restored. The end of the story, it reveals Noah was restored, lived on another 350 years. Shem and Japheth were blessed greatly, and Ham was cursed. The busybody, the meddler, the tailbearer, he was cursed. What do we do with the nakedness of Noah? Where do we take it? We're not talking about sin running rampant through the church. We're not allow, talking about allowing all kinds of promiscuity and messed up living in, in the church. But we are talking about preserving the future of those that made some mistakes. There's going to be people that walk through the doors, backsliders, those that have done all kinds of junk, been in and out of jail, unfaithful to their spouse, and all kinds of things that it could just completely obliterate them. With just a word. The nakedness of Noah will be happening throughout this church's history at many times. The mistakes of your brothers and sisters will be seen from time to time. Mistakes will be made by anointed Noahs from time to time. And doesn't give them license to sin. And listen, Noah, minister, leader, you're going to be held accountable. You're going to be held to a higher standard. But we want them to be able to get up and minister again, to live again, to have a future again. And so what we must do is we've got to, with a holy reverence, wrap them up and cover up the situation so they might be restored. Stand to your feet with me right now. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault... Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. A spirit of meekness, knowing I'm just a person. I'm just human. I'm going to have a bad day. And he had a bad day. So now I'm going to cover. I'm going to restore I'm going to lead someone back into fellowship with the church, not drive them away and pull them out of joint. We need some shims 
and some Javis that will rise up and when a situation, a brother or a sister is wounded, will have enough godly sense about them to cover a situation and bring restoration. Could you lift your hands right now? Could you lift your voice right now? Could you pray over your church? Come on, we are in the blessing business. We are in the restoration business. We are in the protecting business. God, bind us together. Bind us together. I'm talking to some folks, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you were in some kind of dysfunctional home environment or spiritual environment where there were busybodies there and there were gossips there and people slandered you and you slandered others. Listen, that's not here in this church. That's not a part of this church family. We love one another. We encourage one another. We build up one another. We cover one another. Come on, you ought to reach over and pray with your friend, your family member. Come on, let's turn this place into a prayer room for a few moments. What do you do with the nakedness of Noah? Do you laugh? Do you mock? Do you spread gossip? Do you slander? Do you carry scandals? Or will a spirit of shim rise up in us where we cover it up with love, where we cover it up with forgiveness and mercy? Come on, it's time to rise up. Cover Noah so he can live. Cover Noah so he can minister again. Cover Noah so he can be saved. Come on, pray right now. Your spouse needs mercy. Your children need mercy. I need mercy. We each need mercy. Come on right now, that's it. Come on, pray with passion. Pray with authority. Pray against that curious art called gossip. Pray against that curious art. Oh, that meddlesome spirit won't be found here. It's not welcoming me. It's not welcoming you. We love one another. We aren't going to fall victim to this attack. This is a strong church. This is a loving church. Oh. 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 There will be people sitting next to you in services. They will need mercy. There will be people in, in, in service with you. They're going to need kindness. They're going to need understanding. Cover them. Cover them. Cover them. He that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Come on, Shem. Come on, Japheth. I know there's some hams that pop up sometimes. I know there's some people that will ridicule and try to bring about division. But we cover. We bring healing. Find a place and pray for a few minutes, please. Find a place to pray right now. Let it begin in each of us. Why don't we search our hearts right now? Oh, oh, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying we sometimes get caught up in conversations we don't belong in. Our business is not the business of others. Oh, bind us together, Lord. Bind us together, Lord, as husbands and wives. Wives, husbands, we don't talk about our spouse with other people. If you need counsel, come to me. I'll direct you to where you need to go. But don't get on the phone, ladies, with your friends and talk about your husband. 
Husband, don't talk about your wife with your buddy. Don't gossip. Don't slander. Don't get involved in scandals. Come on, Noah can be restored. Noah can be blessed. Noah can be used by God again. But he needs a Shem. He needs a Japheth that will cover, that will love, that will forgive. Come on, let's close our mouths and open our arms. Let's open our arms in love. Let's bring people back into union with the Lord. Back in union with the body of Christ. Oh, if your spirit is fighting this message right now, you are wrong. If your spirit is fighting against what I'm saying, you need to recognize that. If I have an attitude against my brother, I'm wrong. If I have an attitude against my sister, I'm wrong. If it's easy for me to talk up someone else's faults, it's wrong. (laughs) Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I'm going to cover. I'm going to keep. I'm going to conceal. I'm going to protect. I'm going to minister. Oh. Oh. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. God, touch my daughter. Touch Maylie, Lord. Use her to be a help to people. Use her, Lord. That's it. Pray for your sister. Pray for your brother. There are backsliders that the only thing keeping them out are the words of others. Come on. We need to conceal some matters. We need to minister some mercy to someone right now. There are people that they have fallen away because of mistakes they made. And there was a ham that mocked and ridiculed. Be the shim in their life. Be the one that covers the nakedness. Be the one that brings restoration. Oh, the Lord hates gossip. The Lord hates it. The the Lord hates scandal. The Lord hates that. Oh, he can't bless a church family that's involved with that. His presence is removed from that. Let's make sure this is a spiritually healthy church. Let's make sure we keep this a healthy environment. Let's love. Let's build. Let's protect. Let's encourage. Let's love.